Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you Welcome to episode 6 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamaling, I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and we're covering the last couple weeks of Blazer basketball. The Blazers are 9-3, good for third place in the West, and we're going to talk about what's happened ever since the Houston Rockets game up until now. Austin, what are your thoughts on how the Blazers have been playing and some key takeaways from these recent games? Yeah, thanks, Christian. Um, well, you know, that Houston game was on October 30th, and it was a 104-85 to 85, uh, point win for us. It was, it was kind of a blowout uh, for the most part by, like, the late third quarter-ish. Um, Chris Paul... I don't, I don't really think he did so well overall. Um, and, you know, Dame was just, Dame was definitely just automatic in that game for sure. And obviously it helped that James Harden wasn't out. I mean, James Harden, sorry, was out, um, wasn't in the game there for a while or in the game at all. <laughs> he was injured. Um, I don't really know what that injury is, but uh, I think he's back now. And then Yusef was, you know, had 22 points in the game. So that just goes to show that's really not that high of a leading scorer's uh, point total. So we kind of didn't have to have our good players in all too late in that game. So I don't know. What did, what did you uh, take away from that game? That game, I was just happy to win that. I, we were talking about in the last episode that it's kind of a key game where if you can't win, even though it's in Houston, if you can't capitalize on the fact that James Harden isn't playing, then we can't really have too much faith in you know, winning any game throughout the season because James Harden is easily their top player on the team. Uh, So it was just awesome to see them winning throughout the game, winning easily. Uh, And then even in the next game against the Pelicans, another game missing the star player, Anthony Davis. Um, It was just two games in a row of winning throughout the entire game, essentially, and two games that we should have won. So it's just really good to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they're, man, I almost... As, as, as much as it pains me to say this, I almost feel bad for the Rockets. Like, they were projected to... They did fantastic last season, and they were projected to be, you know, at least the top four seed in most uh, brackets or pr- predictions that I saw um, from analysts and whatnot and journalists over the summer. So, um, that's pretty crazy. I think they're... I don't know exactly which seed they're in, but I know that, that they're definitely not in the top eight right now, um, as with the Lakers and the Jazz. But won't dive too much into that but you made a great point I think a good segue into the next game on the on November 1st with no Anthony Davis what did you think about that game that game I mean it was just great to see them win I mean Julius Randle and Miritich they're both really good but the Blazers bigs have been playing great so it's it's awesome to see one thing that I haven't been the biggest fan of lately is our perimeter defense on big men uh we saw it a lot in the bucks game we'll talk about that but just big men getting open looks whenever we have a stretch four or stretch five that we're against i feel like our bigs aren't defending them well enough um so that's one thing where zach collins has had some great interior defense but as a whole our big men haven't necessarily been defending those big men well on the three-point line okay that's fair yeah, I mean, I think that they're definitely doing a good job on the block, and uh, Zach Collins is definitely doing well defensively. And I think he's, I think I even saw in an interview uh, with Brooke and him that he said, you know, that that side of the ball definitely came quicker to him. 
Um, but, you know, some of my takeaways from that game was, you know, obviously Anthony Davis didn't play, so that's that's another help, um, like you had already previously stated. And then, you know, Lehman kind of had a hot little start. I think he hit like three of his four shots or something like that just to come out and start the game. Um, and there was a nice reverse layup by Dame and Holiday. Drew, Drew Holiday and Dame had some pretty crazy uh, plays right there in that first half. And then, you know, Evan Turner and um, Nick uh, Stauskas are just glue guys, in my opinion. That was kind of what that game solidified for me. Um, you know, Sauce had – he has so much of those dribble dishes now. I really like to see that. You know, I, I don't think either of us really – predicted that he'd be the guy to dribble and you know have these flashy almost shabazz napier-esque passes as a 6-8 guy yeah uh coming in coming in in the in the summer so that's really nice to see and then you know evan turner did well he's so efficient and i'll talk more about him later but each one more for the for the pelicans he had a pretty good game Mirtich really wasn't quite as deadly as he's been against other opponents and how he was against us in the playoffs last year. It was a good team win, but obviously we have to emphasize that Anthony Davis, one of the better players in the game, wasn't playing. Um, and, you know, Lillard was the our leading scorer with 26 points. So he just, he's, you know, it's so sad that we, we just can't really say much more about him. And I don't know, I think we're going to go into that here later in the podcast, but Lillard is just like, we're just talking about other guys at this point because at this point it's just expected that Lillard's getting twenty five points or more to get uh, like a game like that's that's just that's just the norm at this point. He's yeah. having the one of, as as most people have said and as I agree with the best year of his career and la- and he's he's like a, a ninety two overall in two K is like <laughs> as tri- as as trivial of a benchmark of that is like he I don't know I think he's he's crazy I think he's he's over the summer people were saying he's better than Kyrie and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that's, you know, Kyrie's a great player and whatnot. And yeah, he's kind of had a slow start, but you know, I think we'll get more into it, but he is just, I can't say enough about Dame each game. He just seems to be there. He's, he, he doesn't make silly plays anymore. Like two or three years ago, he would, he would take shots that I'd be so frustrated with, but I should stop before I've already, I've already started going down a rabbit hole here Christian. so we, we better we better move along to this lakers game what did you think about that lakers loss unfortunately lakers man ending of the streak lebron was finally able to pull them away uh it was a disappointing game for a lot of it losing for most of the game uh maybe all of the game i'm not sure but that third quarter it was like stots was just hoping the bench would put it together and they just weren't um so really we've been living and dying by our bench I don't want to see that going on in the future. I hope that the bench is more of like a cherry on top. Uh, but yeah, that, the bench just wasn't really showing up against the Lakers in the third quarter. Lakers b- built a big lead, and luckily the Blazers were able to fight back. They were down by 20 at one point in the fourth, and they were able to fight back. I think they got within two, but they uh, they ended up losing by four. But it was just it was great to see them come back into it. I mean, you're going to lose some games, especially against LeBron James. Um, they have a lot of long uh you know wingspan guys talented young guys so it's it's natural that you're gonna lose some of those games but it was really great to see them fight back into it and hopefully um last night against the clippers there was a little bit of uh keeping the bench in too long but it ended up working out but with the lakers it was just it just wasn't working and they he put myers in for too long and myers just wasn't the right fit in that situation so um 
just a tough game, but really great to see Dame and the starting unit fight back into it. Yeah, and it's funny that you uh, mentioned that Myers just didn't really do up to your standards because <clears throat> in my notes here I say that, uh, you know, the big men rolling to the basket definitely stuck out to me when I was kind of reviewing the film. Um, but I made sure to, uh, in parentheses, put here Nurkic and Zach. So I obviously didn't see <laughs> much um, at all from him uh, either. So, But I did definitely notice that Nurkic and Zach were rolling well to the basket. And then, um, you know, there was really good facilitating, once again, by Nick Stauskas. I think that he – I really, really, really hope that we resi- uh, resign him. Like, I can't really think of any other reason why we wouldn't be able to, um, you know, sign him again here this next offseason. Like, I understand that Steph's kind of had a rough go at it so far. And, I, and you know, maybe we can talk about that later. And I think he's going to still improve. But um, I don't think Nick Stauskas has had – an experience like this yet in the NBA, and I that would really shock me if he, and maybe we're getting ahead of I'm getting ahead of myself talk, even talking about it, but um, I really hope we can resign him because I think he does a lot more than just score uh, a couple threes for us. I think that he's proven that he's also valuable and just being kind of like a six man along with Evan Turner and just being efficient and facilitating it on like the dribble drive. So that was something I definitely saw from him. Um, and then, you know, Hart and Kuzma were definitely some tough, tough covers on uh, defense. Um, and Aminu, you know, was kind of bullied on the block a little bit, I think, in the third quarter. And then, uh, you know, he had a breakaway steal and, and dunk right in front of Braun. And then he uh, actually came back and had that big-time block on Braun. So that was talked a lot talked yeah. a lot about, like, in the, you know, post-game coverage and whatnot. Um, you know, we had a little bit of a comeback effort there at the end, and it was definitely stifled. You know, CJ, I, I think a lot of people, including myself, initially when we saw CJ's 40-point game against the Bucks, we were like, okay, this is his coming-out party this year. He's definitely got his stride back. But, you know, I didn't realize he, he had 30 points in that Lakers game. So yeah. he's, yeah. you know, he was getting warmed up a little bit there. But, you know, even though that was a loss, I think the Lakers, at some point we had the best player in the world. And you lose enough games, like at some point somebody's got to be on the other side of the court, and uh, it was it was the Blazers that night, and you know they played well, and um, you know I think that there were a couple blown calls from what I remember, but maybe that's just me being a Blazers fan watching a Lakers game. No, end end of the game, there was definitely more of a chance for the Blazers to win it, and the calls just weren't going our way. Um, but yeah, I mean CJ finally started stepping up um he's he's doing well finally he's not on every single game but you know he's he's being cj again so that's really good to see after the start of the season he kind of slumped in uh especially they he's played more with dame and et because terry stotts was kind of going all first unit second unit now it's mostly just keeping the second unit um eat you know evan turner will come in while Damon CJ are still playing, and then he'll switch out Damon CJ for Seth and Nick, and that's been working pretty well. It worked well in the Clippers game, but CJ has now figured out how to play without the ball in his hands, and Stotts is giving him a few more opportunities with the ball in his hands, uh, as we saw in that Bucks game. But we'll—I uh, won't go too far ahead. The uh, Timberwolves yeah. game was another game where they were missing their star player, so the nine and three record for the Blazers is a little potentially misleading uh because yeah, anthony davis is a monster jimmy butler can be a monster 
James Harden, obviously, MVP last year. So, yeah, this last Timberwolves game, again, won by 30 points. So whenever they don't have their star player, at least the Blazers are really putting the nail in the coffin early and uh, sealing those games. So, yeah, this is a, a game where I didn't get to see too much of it, honestly. I've, I've watched all the other games, but the Timberwolves games I, I didn't watch too much of. And Well, you know... You're in luck then, my friend, because I happened to review some highlights for that game. Awesome. Um, and, you know, I think, so we, we ended up winning. Yeah, you're right. It was a little bit of a, um, you know, a comfortable win. with a, we, won, we won 111 to uh, 81. And you're right, no butler for sure. Uh, let me ask you a quick little side question here, not to speculate too much, but how interesting is it that Butler uh, happened to be tired against the Portland, Oregon Trailblazers, but um, you know, felt felt good enough to play against the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. Sounds like someone wanted to uh, perform at their best against LeBron James. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe uh, if not just for to try out for Mr. Magic Johnson, then you know that's definitely a, a nationally televised game that's gonna get some reviews for uh anybody that's doubting whether or not they want to offer Thibodeau something else (laughs) aka the Rockets but maybe not maybe not too much speculation here I I shouldn't go too much in that direction but (laughs) hey you know also besides Butler let's go ahead and acknowledge Derek Rose Mm. and what he's been doing Derek Rose has been playing like he's in his peak again in his prime yeah, so he, you know, he didn't play either against us. Um, so I think that that, you know, you can't really say much more about that. You know, with the way that he's been playing recently, I think he played against the Lakers as well and went. You know, he was very efficient from behind the arc against the, uh, the Lakers when I watched a little bit of that game. So, you know, and then obviously he had his fifty piece on Halloween. But so you know, can't say enough about him missing that game. And then obviously there was that. I don't really want to speak too much on this because it's a little embarrassing, but Nurkic is just a poster magnet, man. <laughs> yeah, that's for like, sure. Okagi, I can't. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but he just. Oh man, it was. It was. You probably saw that in the highlight or on Sports Center top yeah. ten or something, but it was. It wasn't good. Um, and you know, Carl Anthony Towns just seems to make this habit of just always drifting away from the paint. That guy was one of the more coveted guys this offseason i think was it that they re-signed him i'm not sure or maybe that's coming up here soon that might be a little off in that but um you know he is just he has not done well this season whether it be all the drama surrounding their organization but he is really just drifting away from the rim and not making much of an impact in my opinion but you know nurk was the leading scorer and it was another blowout so it was one of those cases where even though he only he was the leading scorer he only had 19 points um, kind of similar to the Rockets game where he had like 20 or 22 or something and he was the leading scorer. So, yeah, that was that's kind of my two cents on that Timberwolves game. But, you know, I have no problem with comfortable wins. Comfortable wins. The older I get, I'm like, you know what? Even though I'm only 22, it's just like when I was younger, it's like I want to see a good game. I don't really know <laughs> what this team is about. Now I'm like, you know, I don't even – it's a it's a it's a weekday night. I just want to see a win. I don't even mind if it's by 20 points anymore. Yeah, and – in that game, Myers Leonard played really well. He had 12 rebounds, 15 points, and Nurk played really well, also 12 rebounds, 19 points, and that's against Carl Anthony Towns, so that's really good to see that the big men are stepping up. 
Uh, Zach Collins had 11 points. Uh, so yeah, just a good, solid game. Winning by 30, always something you want against one of the best in the West, even if they're missing some guys. Definitely got to win it when they're missing their star player. So mm-hmm. one thing with Nurk, like you're talking about him being a poster magnet, when I was watching the Lakers game in particular, I notice it in every game too, but with McGee, it's like they'd throw up a lob and Nurk just stands there. He's like, I don't know if he's scared he's going to get a foul or he's scared he's going to get hurt or what, yeah. but there's a lot of the time where, you know, he has a big body. He'll get in there. If there's a guy right in front of him, you know, and he's playing defense in the post, he'll body up and he'll play some good defense. But if it's moving pieces, slashers, he doesn't get involved. And that's that's why he ends up on the the other end of a lot of poster dunks. So, I mean, I just want to see more from him. Like, if, if you see... Uh, McGee jumping up behind you, at least jump or something. You don't have to block it. I mean, he might even get the dunk anyway, but at least jump. Like a lot of the times, he's just standing there looking yeah. at him. And uh, he well, had a... you know, man, some of, some of that's got to just be that he's the third heaviest player in the NBA. Not to just be, not to just jock those headlines or anything, but like <laughs> Zach Collins. Zach Collins is you know that kind of underdeveloped. Don't want to say not man body, but you know under you know still developing body. Who he but he jumps, you know he gets yeah. off the ground. But Nurkic just kind of looks like he whatever wherever he's at, that's kind of where he's gonna be at at this point. <laughs> and when he gets off the ground, you know it doesn't really look like he's getting that much off the ground. <laughs> and he doesn't move his feet the fastest, but what he does, he does fairly well. So I don't know. It's kind of pick your poison, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I've been happy yeah. with, with our big men rotation. Um, Nurk, he, he's been Nurk, but he's he's done well in the starting unit. You know, sometimes he'll get lazy on defense. Sometimes he'll get lazy when he gets the ball. He'll just kind of throw it up. But he's done well in his role in the starting unit. And last night, uh, Stotts took out Nurk, and he brought in Myers Leonard before he brought in Zach Collins because he was waiting to bring in Zach Collins with the full second unit. So when Nurk had two fouls, he brought in Myers Leonard, and I liked that. I thought it worked well, um, and that's yeah. that's one thing where these three big men, they're fairly interchangeable. They have different roles. At, at this point, all three of them have the ability to shoot the three. Nurk is the worst of the three for sure, and yeah. you know, <laughs> Collins by, is the block machine. Far. Yeah, so, but it's, they're all, they can play in any role, and Nurk's been playing really well in the starting unit. Zach's been playing well in the bench unit, and Zach's been playing well late in games. He, he's he been finishing a lot of games, just like I thought he would, uh, but Nurk is continuing to do well in the first unit, and you know every third or fourth game, he'll have a really good game. Well, you know, we, we keep kind of, uh, we kind of spoke, at least before that last uh, breakdown of the T-Wolves game, about how so a lot of, a couple of these games, the, the opposing uh, teams were missing some of their more star players, while... You know, no excuses for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. How, how about uh, how, how about three J McCollum and his forty piece? Forty points, dropping how did you feel, rookies. How did you feel about that game? <laughs> oh, it was great. I mean, it was it was close throughout, um, at least throughout the first half, and you know they were able to pull away, win by fifteen against the team with basically the best record in the NBA. I saw their number one in power rankings now, even though we beat them. So, uh, yeah, they just they bounced back from us and beat the Warriors pretty good. So it's 
really encouraging to see that we beat them and beat them fairly easily. It was a good game, but uh, beat them comfortably. And despite Brooke Lopez hitting like six three-pointers. So it was just really great game. I'm glad the Blazers won it. I'm glad CJ finally like really stepped up. I think he got the franchise record for most points against the Bucks with 40. Yeah, you know, I think I saw that as well. Yeah, so it's just a great game. Awesome to see that after, yeah, beating an Anthony Davis list team, team without Jimmy Butler, team without James Harden. We beat Onto DeCumpo, the front runner for MVP right now. It's just awesome to see that. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, uh, a confidence builder, I would say as well. Um, so yeah, we won that one eighteen to one oh three, and you know CJ obviously had that breakout game, and I read an article um on blazer's edge saying that his mom had pep talked him of sorts she had texted him and then apparently had actually spoken with him and just said you know let's let's do this thing or something along those lines and apparently that had helped fuel that performance which i found to be pretty interesting and then also the et had 11 boards it's like can we say enough i this guy has this guy has done so well in this role and and i think that something that's really interesting and not touched on amongst uh, a lot of local journalists and bloggers is that um, even though ET's in this role, there he, he's still spending significant time on the floor with either CJ or Dame. They act as if maybe it's just him and all these other bench players that it's, but there's points where it's just CJ and Dame or maybe even both of them on the floor with him still. And he's just, in my opinion, yes, the role is, is, boosting him and maybe giving him confidence but he's just playing better yeah in my opinion i think i think he's just having a great season and he's looking like what accurately has been described as the older more boston et so i love that scene that he had 11 rebounds and brooke lopez oh my goodness is he gonna be in the three-point contest this season did you see that did you see how yeah many shot you was know? it six and for I ten hit- I don't even know, man. But I, I even put I put here in parentheses, you know, I jinxed it. I, I posted on our social media for our Twitter. I said, you know, I really like this addition by the Bucks. you know, what they've done to some of their role players. And I think I maybe even specifically named him. And he came into the Moda, came into the Moda, and I think, like you said, put up like 6 for 10 or something. But, you know, yeah, CJ came back and CJ came back and, you know, introduced DiVincenzo to the league. <laughs> so that was that was I don't know if I even really need to touch on that any longer. It was pretty extensively covered on as it is. Yeah. Um and then, you know, something I noticed just in watching the highlights is that Curry is still really just trying to fit into his role. Mm. Yeah. And I'm really I'm really hoping that he does because that could be a really good re signing and he was so efficient in Dallas. Yeah. You know? I would really like to see that back here. And, uh, you know, Gianna still went 11 for 18, 23 points. But let's not overreact. As much as I'd like to say yes, I do agree he is the front runner for MVP right now. Remember, last year he came out yeah, blazing. Definitely. Blazing for like 20 games. You know, it, it was sustained. It wasn't even like five or six or 10 games. It was like, it was sustained excellence there for like 20 games. And, but then teams just kind of figured him out. And yeah. he didn't really expand his game much so yeah he had 23 points but i'm really interested to see if and when and how much he really takes a step forward this season so that's my take on that what did you think about the clippers game on last night here when we won 116 uh to 105 
it was a good game. I was there at the game, and, you know, Dame and CJ were playing great. Uh, Dame didn't get a single free throw the entire game, so the refs were not on his side, and they even gave him a technical just for saying, uh, I think he just said, that's not a foul or something like that. It's just kind of ridiculous how much the refs seem to go against the Blazers pretty much every night. And uh, but it was it was nice to see Nurkic playing well against Marjanovic. Marjanovic is seven foot three, just looks giant. But you know Nurkic was just leaning into it and just affecting a lot of the shots. I don't think he got a lot of blocks, but he was just affecting the shots just with his presence. Um, they had Shea Gilgis Alexander playing. He played like the entire first quarter. He was playing. He had thirty five minutes last night. Had a career high nineteen points. He's a rookie, so that's not too hard to do but uh well 19 points is hard to do but getting a career high isn't so yeah i mean they were missing a couple guys they were missing avery bradley i think to sickness uh tobias harris wasn't even supposed to play and then they decided to put him in last minute because he was also sick and then there was one other guy who was it um shoot i don't know they were missing one other key guy but gallinari was playing tobias harris was playing patrick beverly they had gilgis alexander starting but it was just a, a good game. There was, again, a few frustrating points with the refs not calling stuff. But it was it was good overall. Um, Zach Collins played well. Nick Stauskas played well. It was really cool to see uh, Evan Turner out there with Damon CJ more than I had earlier in the season because it actually worked really well. Uh, Evan Turner, he's not going to play great when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, honestly. He just doesn't have enough of a role. He's not a good enough shooter. He's not a good enough slasher. So he needs the balls in the ball. <laughs> he needs the ball in his hands. Right. So with having Damon that's just, CJ, that's just his style. That's he. That's just yeah. You know, as as good the good, the bad, the ugly with Evan Turner, he needs the ball in his hand. So yeah, I see what you're saying there. But but like you said, he's just playing better. So he was making some shots. Uh, he had the two best shooters on the team out there to pass to, Damon CJ, and then the Stotts would keep him out there, and then he'd bring in Zach Collins, he'd bring in uh, Nick and Seth to replace Damon CJ. So it was just a really well-coached game, in my opinion. Uh, there was a little bit of the bench staying in too long in the third again, but it, you know, it, it worked out well. The Blazers were able to uh, go on a few runs to, you know, open up the game. It was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, uh, I, I would agree with you that Avery Bradley being out, you know, definitely is something noteworthy. I think that he's a he's a really good defender, and I really like what he did in Boston. Um, and I've I've definitely kept an eye on him as a, as an NBA player. He, I really like his game, so that's kind of interesting that he was out as well. So we that's another caveat we've seen in this and these wins, but nonetheless, I don't think he's quite as um, impactful as some of those other players that we had mentioned. Um, but, you know, I think a very noteworthy point Christian is, do you, do you want to take a random guess here? It's really, it was very early in the game. Did you notice? Did you happen to notice? Shoot. I have bad memory now. What is it? <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic won the jump ball to start the game. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but did you see what actually happened there? What? It took him three tries. Oh my goodness! You yeah, know, they throw uh, it up. Like neither one of them touched the ball. They throw it up again. No, neither one of them touched it. And then the announcer's like, third time's a charm." And then <laughs> Nurk got it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so that's 
So yeah, that was that was interesting enough. And you know, I'll have to double check. And you know, I don't want to I don't want to uh, say that my co-host isn't correct in his uh, accurate uh, judgment of this statistic. But we see that uh, San uh, Gildrasad Gildras Alexander. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, he he did very well. But are you sure that he played thirty five minutes or was it twenty five minutes? I'm looking at a box score right now that says 35, so maybe it's lying. Okay. But I know he you know, played the entire have, first quarter. I must have missed that, but yeah, I think that those really athletic, lengthy guards give Dame a problem, at least if not one on one end of the floor on the other. Um, so I've noticed that in the past a little bit. I noticed that in Miami, uh, watching that Miami game a little bit. But um, yeah, he did very well. That was a good game for him with the 19 points and the six boards. Yeah. He's just a very lengthy player. Um, and then, you know, I actually happen to have Danilo Gallinari on my fantasy team. So he's averaging 20-plus points this year. So he's having wow. a very good year. Yeah. He's been getting his money in the NBA, though. He's been getting big contracts, like 20 mil-plus a year. Um, so he's actually, in my opinion, working for it this year. He was 5-for-8 behind the arc in that game. So oh, yeah. he was... He was nice. And then, you know, when they said that Montrez Harrell has energy and really displays energy, um, just in looking at the box score, uh, he had 20. Oh, you know what? That's maybe where I was missing that information. Um, I was looking at Montrez. So um, Harrell actually was playing 25 minutes and had 19 points. Okay, yeah. So so yeah. S- SGA SGA had 19 points, but look at that's what I that's the emphasis on Harold's energy. He had 19 in 10 less minutes. Yeah, and that was one thing that we were kind of criti- critical of a lot of us in the stands was Stotts putting Swanigan against Montrezl Harrell. And to me, that seemed okay because Swanigan and Harrell are kind of in that you know, hustle guy, you know, kind of like Draymond Green, where it's it's all about the energy that they put in. They don't necessarily have the size or the skill. Uh, so I thought that might match up pretty well. A lot of people were saying they should have put in Zach Collins uh, or Myers Leonard even. Uh, or actually, yeah, I think it was I, mostly Myers Leonard and uh, Swanigan in there at the same time when Harrell was. I think but. Biggie... I think Biggie and Harrell are both hustle players for sure, but just a little bit different kinds. I think Harrell's a little bit thinner and can move a little bit quicker. I think Biggie is just kind of like bump and and get you, you know back you down on, yeah. on the block like just just sheer muscle. But you know um, what were some of the before we before we get too much into our coverage? You know those were the games. I think it was good. How many how many did we win there in that homestead, Christian? Uh, we won all but one. Everything except for the Lakers. Oh, yep, and we, you know, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. No, so, no one wants to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, coming up, though, some of those, this next you know, stretch what are, we, what are we looking at going into for our games? Yeah, this next stretch of games is going to be very telling and very trying. So, this next game is against the Celtics. I can't go to that game, unfortunately, even though I have tickets. So, that's going to be the last game at home for a while, and hopefully we can win it. But really, in this next stretch of games, I could see us losing six of the next seven, maybe even seven of the next nine, because we got the Celtics Man, at home, and then you are not a homer. Oh no, no, no! I'm hoping no, this doesn't no happen. I'm just saying. No one's ever called you a homer. If that's the case. <laughs> so, Trailblazers are at home against the Celtics. Then they go down to L.A. Hopefully, beat LeBron. Then they go away to the Timberwolves. I'm sure they're gonna have Jimmy Butler playing that game. 
They go away to the Wizards, who beat us at home. Then we go to the Knicks, should beat the Knicks. There's no reason we should lose that game. And then we go away to the Bucks, who, like I said, pretty much best team in the league, MVP frontrunner. Then we go away to the Warriors. I don't need to say anything about that. And then we are back at home for the Clippers again. So that game, you know, with Avery Bradley and whoever else it was that they were missing last night, uh, they're a tough team. They're one of the 11 good teams in the West. And then away at the Mag- uh no, at home against the Magic. So really, the Magic, we should win. It's not going to be easy, but we should win and we should beat the Knicks. But the rest of those are all going to be tough. We should beat the Wizards. Hopefully we'll beat the Timberwolves, but I, I'm i not going to say we're going to run run away with any of those games. So hopefully we you can... You know, I think, hopefully I think we can some lose. away games will be good. I think some away games will be good for us, man. You know, we've done well in this homestead. Now let's let's see let's see what we're made of here because let's let's that's I think that's really how you test the character. We've had we've had I won't I don't want to say easy opponents thus far, but we've had a we've had a, a relatively favorable schedule. Let's let's go ahead and test here with some away game adversity and really see what we're made of. You know, guys like Zach Collins. We have a lot of talent right now, so Zach Collins in his second year, you know, I'm watching the movie Devil's Advocate on Netflix, and Al Pacino says, you know, there's plenty of people who have talent, but you got to squeeze them and see what they're made of. Some people some people fold under pressure, and some people, you know, thrive under it. And so <laughs> let's go ahead and see. Let's go ahead and see after someone gets squeezed on this road trip who who really thrives under this pressure. I want to see if, if, you know, Zach Collins can perform. If, if CJ isn't just... Uh, you know, surging over these last couple comments here. I want to see Dame continue his excellent play. I want to see Yusef uh, not foul out, and I want to see Stauskas keep being this facilitator off the bench. So I think if we do that, we'll be we'll be sitting in a place that might not be quite as excellent as we've been thus far, but I think in a place that we're going to be happy with, yeah, at the very least. Yeah. So a couple more things I want to talk about. One is best case and worst case scenario for the Blazers this season after the great start that we've had so far. To me, the best case scenario, obviously championship, that's the best case scenario for any team. But realistically, I think they have a good shot at being a two to four seed, like somewhere between two and four. I don't think they'll get the one yeah. seed. And uh, Absolutely. Make, and making it to the Western Conference Finals. I think that's the best case scenario. I don't wish an injury on anyone. I never would. Uh, but I don't think that the Blazers have a shot of making it out of the West without key players on other teams getting injured. So I think they have a shot to make it to the Western Conference Finals, but I don't think they'll win it. Um, so and that's, that's let the, the best record case. show, not to interrupt you, and I'll let you get right back to it, but let the record <laughs> show that the preseason estimate of our playoff seeding was lower. So if your current seeding for where we might end up is a Western Conference prediction, Western Conference Finals berth, then you know I'm satisfied with it because you're 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 undershooting on your bets in in recent history. So I'm I'm okay with that, Christian. I think that's viable. Oh, I'm very okay with it. I'm still, I might go a little higher than the eight seed that I projected them at, but I'm talking best case scenario here, two to four seed. I think it's definitely possible. All right. Uh, so do you have a best case scenario for the Blazers this season? Somewhere around where I'm at. Yeah, you know, I'd probably agree with that. I think that, you know, some of those teams like the, uh, I don't know about the Rockets, that, that I don't know, I can't really speak on that, but I think that the Lakers and the Jazz are definitely going to work their way 
back up, and I think the Nuggets will ultimately maybe settle down just a little bit. I think the Warriors will sustain their greatness, um, and I think that best case scenario, yeah, absolutely, we could we could end up in the second seed. Um, realistically, I'd say probably more around that four, but I really I really don't think we're gonna be below that four if if Dame keeps playing like he is and. Some of our guys don't fold under that pressure. Um, I think that we have a very realistic chance of being at least four uh, in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's promising to see our first unit and our bench unit both playing really well. So I think there's definitely some sustainable practices in the Blazers' rotations because later on in the season, a lot of star players are going to be tired, but the Blazers hopefully won't be because the bench unit's still carrying those stretches throughout the game so it'll be really nice to see if that works out well so the Blazers worst case scenario for me is missing the playoffs I think it's possible there's 10 plus great teams in the west the Timberwolves are kind of a tweener now but the Clippers are also one of those tweeners uh, just because you know the Clippers have been playing pretty well and the Timberwolves obviously have Jimmy Butler drama I don't know why the heck they don't have first four first round picks right now I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, the Blazers. It's it's very real possibility to miss the playoffs. I think, like I said, this next stretch of games is going to be huge because there's a very real chance that this team could be 11 and 10 a couple weeks from now, and that's a big deal. I'm hoping they'll be something like 15 and six. Hopefully, you know, 16 and five, something like that. But it's very possible we'll be right above 500 a couple weeks from now. So. Just hoping right. for the best, hoping hoping that's not the case, but that's the worst-case scenario for me for the Blazers this season. Uh, one last thing, Dame, the top point guard in the league, you tweeted about it. Uh, you think he's number one? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I made sure to put overall point guard in the league. Okay, okay. And, and so top point guard in the league, I don't know if I can agree to that. And that's simply because if Dame is scoring 27 or 28 points with he's a very good rebounding point guard with seven rebounds and, you know, six assists, that's a great game. That's a great overall game. But at some point you have to just acknowledge the power of putting the ball in the basket. And if Steph Curry's putting up 50-point games, 40-point games, um, and just and just being the threat that he is just – just the next level shooter that he is. Some at some point, those defending uh, statistics and the the rebounds and the assists they just don't matter. So if you're asking me, I'll be I'll be I'll try to be objective about it. If you're asking me who's the best point guard in the league right now, I think it's Steph Curry. Do I think he's going to sustain it? I don't know. Do I think he won't get injured? I definitely don't know with his pass with his ankles. But overall just watching dame defend and just some of these passes next next time to any of our listeners listening right now next time you're watching a blazers game just watch a pick and roll just an average pick and roll play with dame and nurk and just watch some of these bounce passes that dame puts in there they're they're so it happens so often you just don't even notice it anymore yeah and he's just i think that he's just great as an overall point guard. So we'll see. We'll see if Dame sustains what he's doing. We'll see if Steph sustains what he's doing. We'll see if, uh, you know, Kyrie steps up what he's kind of been not doing. And it appears as though Russell Westbrook has uh, and Paul George have 
kind of elevated the thunder a little bit. Just looking at the standings today, I think they were, um, you know, within uh, at least playoff standing uh, seedings at this point. I mean, as early as it is, but they were they were they had a horrible start from what I saw. So you know, there's a there's there's a lot that can happen in the playoff uh, and and just position pool, especially with the point guards uh, within the NBA. You know, look at even even Kemba Walker. Kemba, Kemba Walker barely gets talked about, and he's, uh, you know, there's just there's just so much talent at that position in the NBA. Yeah, and I'd say definitely Steph is above Damian Lillard. This is a multiple-time MVP. He's the best shooter in NBA history, no doubt. And, uh, hey, if LeBron played strictly point guard, I'm pretty sure LeBron would be better than Dame at point guard just because LeBron's LeBron, and he's a monster, and he plays point forward anyway. Uh, if James Harden played strictly point guard, he'd probably be viewed at, as better than Dame. Um, and then, you know, Westbrook is Westbrook. I'll take Dame over Westbrook. But I think Damian's definitely top five. I'd say probably around two or three as a point guard. Um, you know, if he were if he were on the Lakers with LeBron, that would just be insane. You know, it's and LeBron I, I think wouldn't be the point. I think that your James Harden point is is. You know, sorry to interrupt, but I think that's a very good good point. Um, if James Harden's listed as an all-time, uh, you know, just point guard, you gotta at some point you gotta just ask at what point does the defense just not even matter with the way that he plays. So yeah, I uh, I think th- I think that's a very good point that you make there. Yeah. So Dame as a point guard, definitely like I'd say I'd say top three for sure. Um, but I I do think that he has a chance to be the MVP this season. Um, I'm not sure that it will happen. I'm still projecting it'll probably be LeBron, Antetokounmpo, or Anthony Davis, but he definitely has a chance, especially if the Blazers can keep up what they're doing, and if he can play well off the ball when he has those chances when Evan Turner's leading the team. So, yeah, we'll just I have told, to see. I told my girlfriend, if Damian Lillard, I said, I told my girlfriend last night, I said, Damian Lillard's going to get an MVP, and I said, if Damian Lillard gets an MVP, I'll give you foot massages for a week. And she said... <laughs> She said, "Are you talking about twenty-four hours a day for a week?" And I said, "No, just like that's that's ridiculous. I wouldn't be able to sustain that. But like you know, a reasonably timed amount foot massage once a day, seven days in a row, or I suppose you could spread them out. But that's right. how happy I'd be. I won't even care. So I'll I'll put that even on the podcast just to let you guys know. At that point, if Damian Lillard gets an MVP, I, I'm I'm a happy man. Dame, do it for Austin's girlfriend. Come on." Thank you guys so much for listening and, you know, follow us on Peeps and Plaid, uh, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, check us out. And we're on any major published platform such as Google uh, Podcast or, you know, iTunes or what have you or Spotify or anywhere, anywhere that you can find us. Check us out. Thanks, guys. While preparing the podcast, we got some big NBA news. Jimmy Butler was traded to the 76ers for Robert Covington and Dario Saric. I think that's a fine trade for both sides. I think it benefits both teams. But I think the Wolves still should have jumped at the four first-round picks from the Rockets. Ironically, Jimmy, who wanted to get away from the young guys on the Timberwolves, is now going to potentially the one contender whose young players could get on his nerves even more than Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns with all the shenanigans from Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. So we'll see how that plays out. Thanks for listening to episode 6 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. Here's Super Saiyan by Ziggy Zay. He also had the intro music to the podcast, so check out Ziggy Zay on Spotify. I'm going Super Saiyan.
achieve a heist that I ain't never seen in life. You see, I'm elevated. Told me that I'd never make it. They said I was done in. Then my mind accelerated. Yeah, I see, I'm underrated. But I never stated or debated. I'm the greatest, but the greatest me that I can be. I'm trying to put the whole crowd on the edge of their seats. But I put a little bounce on the edge of the beast. Uh, I ain't ready about the green, no piccolo. Sleep out like a light, no sycamore. Stay away from the devil, he a teaser. But if you get closer, I'm after to give a G dick, yeah. Normally I'm cooler than a freezer. But now I'm on 10, so it's fun to be a breezer. I got the dry, so they giving me the keys. Taking do some school just so they can pay the fees. Pray and meditate, only way my knees. Used to think I'm sick, now I really got the sneeze. It's all God's plan, how I'm doing this with ease. Yeah, sounds nice, I ain't here to appease. I'm sailing the seas, I'm wavy, pessimist daisies. No bragging, just refuse to be lazy. No lagging, the connection is crazy. Yeah, I do this as a hobby, but I spit like they pay me, yeah. yeah, yeah.